not so long ago, uh, still quite a long time ago, but still in the galaxy far, far away. Uh, there was a show called The Mandalorian. Um, it came out a long time ago in the UK, even longer ago in the US. We won't get into that. It's the next episode of Geek Bites. I'm Rich, joined as always by Stu. Hi, Rich. Uh, good intro. Um, you're sort of alluding to your Ant-Man uh, annoyance with the whole Disney releasing it over in America first and releasing it here second. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't boycott the Mandalorian completely like you did Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been quite late in getting on the bus and watching it, haven't I? Um, it was partly that, partly just... Oh. Probably just well, things to watch, basically. But yeah, yeah. I mean, are you glad you got round to watching it? Is we it, won't um... get into my views on kind of like release schedules. You know, long-time listeners of other shows will know how how strongly I felt about Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. I'd like to say I'm sure they had their reasons. I'm sure they lost lots of subscriptions from people pirating it here in the UK and other areas. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's it's um, one of those weird because. <laughs> or yeah. it doesn't even they've got loads of money <laughs> oh yeah because i think the, the, the frustration there was the fact that <clears throat> you know by the time we got one episode at a time over here the whole series would already have been out in america and yeah. um yeah so basically like you say everyone has, that wanted to watch it has torrented it so then the only people buying disney plus subscriptions over here are people that want to watch princesses and those of us that no longer torrent or just can't be bothered to torrent or don't know how to torrent like myself um, I think the funny thing is you know people we know who shall remain nameless obviously did provide us with torrents of it but I never actually got around to watching it until I watched it legitimately so I still did end up giving them money for it even though I uh yeah yeah I mean and I and I think I purposely held off buying a Disney plus subscription until the whole series is on there because I was just like, nope, I'm not going to pay an, one more month than I need to. I'm just going to pay for a month, watch it, and then turn it off again. Um, so, you know, they kind of missed out in that regard as well. Did you just pay one month? Uh, I think I did too because I forgot to turn it off. Um, <laughs> most, yeah, that's, yeah, you. that's no, basically me. I think uh, the rest of the family enjoy watching it. So the rest yeah. of the family like the whole massive clan the other two members of the family <laughs> enjoy watching it um well one of them certainly does the other one who knows what he likes doing but <laughs> he's present uh, yeah. yes yeah. exactly i think he did watch some frozen over about three sittings um but yeah he what he likes the Mickey mouse clubhouse well, is that where like real children dance around and sort of uh, oh. See, that's what I think it was. I think that's because that's the one that older Britney and JT and all that got their start in, wasn't it? Oh, that's something else, I think. That's the Mouseketeers Club or something. Oh. No, Mickey Mouse is purely um animated stuff of like Mickey and Donald and Pluto and all that lot having adventures and they. Oh, is this CGI? Yeah, CGI, and they have like a mouse thing that pops out and gives them a. I'm, I'm getting way too, way too detailed for that. It's really. <laughs> <laughs> not that exciting. Uh, yeah, gonna, is the next episode going to be you you musing on the philosophy of the um, Disney Disney Clubhouse? Well, gosh, actually, there, there there could be some things to say about it for sure. <laughs> well, Very uh, class based system, you know. Uh, how how you know there's there's an element of predestination into it and it, how everything is predicted and stuff. Um, so yeah. Anyway, well, anyway. There's, 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 this, there's this powerful being that turns up at the start of every episode that says, right, these are the tools you're going to need. Uh, and then they go through the story and they find an exact use for all of those tools that couldn't have been predicted. So, yeah, clearly someone knows exactly what's going to happen at any given time in that universe. Uh, a single track universe, no multiverse in this world, I would wow. assume. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but also you, you've got um, Goofy that's a dog and then Pluto that's a dog. Uh, but Pluto's on a leash. Um, See, I was thinking, I was also thinking about this, and I was thinking that maybe Goofy is to Pluto as humans are to like chimpanzees. You know, obviously we're very closely related, uh, but obviously chimpanzees are not considered as intelligent beings. Uh, so maybe Goofy is just kind of like an evolved dog, if you like. So maybe we're far in the future where you know other other species have kind of had super intelligent versions of themselves. Form is Goofy super? It's Goofy super intelligent in this analogy i don't know i, don't, I was gonna I say you, if goofy's the evolved one and they're in trouble 
Anyway, back to the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a Star Wars show, everyone. It's a Star Wars review, honest. Uh, it's just a shame Disney bought it because all the conversation's been ruined. But anyway, moving on. Um, do you have a, a one sentence review for us? Um, yeah, I do have a one sentence review. It's basically interested to see more, although this was very basic. Um, I'll watch the second season probably in a more timely fashion. Uh, a bit of a run-on sentence, but you know, it's literarily valid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I can sort of I understand where you're coming from with the. It was quite basic in what it was, but um, I'll come back to my response to that. But um, yeah, and in terms of, so you, you're basically saying it was all right, but I'm not going to rush to watch the rest of it. You know, the next series. I mean, to be honest, when the when the next one comes, have we got a release date for the next one yet? But um, when it does come out, I, I probably will watch it in reasonably timely fashion oh, yeah it depends if we're doing an episode or not doesn't it um but i think the next one's coming out in october it was the we were lucky in a sense that it was already filmed before coronavirus hit so it's basically all the visual effects stuff that they have to do because it's most of it's done on camera um they're pretty, pretty lucky in the sense that they sense that they can release it yeah um, so yeah we've, i think we've got that and discovery that were made uh, season three um so it oh. means we've, we've at least got some <laughs> discovery because it's usually around this time this year that they've come out previously isn't it yeah so i think what they're, they're probably kind of eking it out so that they've got more content for the rest of the year um uh, yeah. yeah lower decks might be the next one we get over here uh which is a sort of a uh, spoof cartoon series which uh i'm not sure i'm not sure <laughs> about that one but uh, I, I think it'll be worth it but it just it just you know because it's all meant to be in continuity and it was all meant to be real apart from the fact it's a spoof show it's kind of like yeah. okay but um I mean, it's like how the orville turned out to be one of the best recent recent eras of uh star trek isn't it so oh, yeah, maybe, true. yeah oh, did, will be well saying that did you i mean we're going on another side but who cares um did you see the orville is going to be cancelled after the next series Oh really? Yeah. Well, no, at least they at least they gave it a heads up, so maybe they can do some kind of all good things type episode. Well, yeah, exactly, and yeah, they they can come back to it. But then Seth MacFarlane's going to go off and pre- um, produce and direct this epic World War Two thing, like literally a serious drama. For, I think it's HBO Max or whatever he's been sort of bought out by. So I think he basically, you know, he used the Orville to show, yeah, I can do serious stuff. And now he's going to capitalise on that and do something that he's been... The Orville wasn't serious. <laughs> no, but I mean... Really serious but, elements. No, I think that's the thing. It had the spoofy bits. But then when you look at it, you know, the, the way it was structured, the way it was, you know, it, from, you know, when you go from, you know, Family Guy and whatever to A Million Ways to Die in the West to the Orville. You can sort of see a, a trajectory of more realistic, grounded programming, if you, you know. Um, so it's now that he's kind of proved, well, I can produce a live action series. I can do stuff that has, you know, is well responded. Now he's going to go off and do something that's literally a serious drama, um, which, you know. Let's see how serious it ends up being. I mean, I'm sure HBO have paid him a lot of money for that. Maybe they just see it as a, as a bit of a gamble. Maybe they're just like, well, let's see if he can do it. Um, if either it will be great or, you know, we'll cut him loose after one season or whatever, I suppose. Well, Maybe but, some degree it's fairly low risk. But from what I've read, it's like going to be an ep- epic thing and it's already commissioned three seasons or something. It's got, it's got one of the uh, like biggest literary works for years, you know, about the American involvement in World War Two, something like that. But anyway, it's just a bit of a weird one. Um, Family does band of brothers. Exactly, it's his band of brothers um, <laughs> with fart jokes. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so I'll give Any you my one. Mandalorian. Yeah. Your one yeah. sentence. Yeah. My one sentence review. Um, you're going to find this controversial based on your one, but uh, my one, my one is the best piece of live action Star Wars content ever. 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 Wow. Yeah. Okay, so this is fun because usually I'm the lover and you're the hater. Um, but I, I wouldn't call, call myself the hater in this case for sure. But um, <laughs> You're the ambiguouser. Yeah, but, certainly. Certainly we're on opposite sides of the fence from usual. Yeah, I mean, do, do, um, shall, shall I unpack that for you a bit? Um, Please do. Yeah, so basically the original series for me, you know, I like them. And when we did our Star Wars yeah, review... Yeah, the original trilogy, sorry. Not, well, the original series is my bit. The original trilogy, I loved them. Uh, and 
you know, they were rated highly in our, you know, breakdown of all the films. But the only reason I like them so much is because of the expanded universe that come off of them. And it's kind of right. like, you know, and basically I was more interested in Gage, the expanded universe version of these characters than the ones that were in the original three films. Um, so for me, this was more like a piece of expanded universe content. Thus, it kind of hit that emotional thing from the original expanded universe it's like great these people are telling stories in a galaxy far far away that isn't you know about the skywalker clan it isn't really badly done it isn't a cash cash in like solo i mean we did like solo but you know it's kind of why um you know so it's kind of this just felt like a piece of live action expanded universe content and it's you know you could tell from watching it it was made by fans for fans and it had really considered things about what they were going to do, you know, and it just, because the expanded universe is based in the era that the Mandalorian is, so it's, you know, you've got the Imperial Remnant knocking around, you've got the New Republic and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, finally, I get to see this stuff on the, on the big screen. And, um, you know, I appreciate you said that it was a bit sort of stayed, no, not stayed, but simplistic in the sense that it was, you know, eight episodes and a lot of them were kind of cookie cutter formula episodes like this, protect the villagers, heist, whatever, whatever. But I think, you know, once you got past the fact that, oh, this is the protect the villagers episode, this is the heist episode, actually, maybe not the heist episode, we'll get back to that. But, you know, this is the protect the villagers episode. Once you get past that and give it, you know give yourself to it you realize it was really well executed it's kind of it's not like this is the protective villagers episode and it's a sort of tick box exercise you know there were still good character moments within that and it was still kind of really well done um yeah, yeah so that's it's kind of like it was a simple show but i think it worked better for being simple because it let you just lose yourself in that world and those characters and i think the characters is where it come out really well um so yeah. Obviously, like you're saying, like you say, you as a big expand, old expanded universe, uh, whatever they're called, legends now, glorified fan fiction. Uh, <laughs> you appreciated the, uh, obviously yeah. appreciated a bit more actual, actual canon stuff in that world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do get that, and yeah, you're right. It was quite cool seeing like the rest of the empire, the remnants of the empire, uh, hanging around and stuff. Um, I don't know. For me, for me though, that in terms of seeing the different worlds and stuff. I didn't feel like there was a great deal to distinguish one world from the next. Like, for example, the world, I think, was was it Navarro. Um, where did, where uh, he finds Agnor and, you know, the one with the, he tames the little thing. Uh, and yeah. Finds... As well. yeah. I don't know, like, see, those two separate worlds, weren't they? Was the Jar was, was the Jar world tattooing? I don't think it was. But that's the, yeah, this is because basically in the original expanded universe and canon, uh, you are led to believe that Jawas only existed on Tatooine. But then when we look at Knights of the Old Republic, Jawas are on lots of different planets. So I think they expanded it to say that Jawas are just roaming around on different planets. Um, I mean, I'd I'd have to suspend my disbelief to believe Jawas is a space-faring nation maybe they kind of like stowaways on other ships or whatever I could believe that but yeah. I mean my point my point is that could that planet could easily have been tattooing um that yeah you know we're not it didn't feel like like we were seeing anything new the villagers planet that could have easily been the the moon of Endor um it feels like we're kind of going to new places for the sake of it but not actually this show didn't give us anything um distinctive about each of those locations it was they were just they were literally just locations for, for stories to happen and, and to some degree that's you know you could argue yeah that's fine that's good that you know they're letting the story itself breathe rather than overwhelming us with oh it's the new ice planet it's a crystal planet. oh it's a planet made out of solid solidified methane or whatever yeah. um yeah I, yeah it just yeah for me we're not we didn't see that much extra to build the universe in that way i mean and, and actually you know what i did enjoy and i've, I've said about the jaw was what i did enjoy was seeing kind of more of their society and like because previously we'd just seen them basically very briefly in um episode four um but uh but i actually liked seeing them kind of not just taking apart droids and stuff actually seeing how they worked and how they operated and stuff so that was actually fun that that element of world be building and getting additional uh, information was good. So, yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I totally get you. Like it's um, if it didn't have the little world names come up, you wouldn't really know the difference. And it's kind of like the world he starts off on, where you know him and Carl Weathers live, basically looks like a version of Tatooine. You know, the one where he finds Baby Yoda looks like a version of Tatooine. Um, Tatooine looks like Tatooine. Um, you know, there's the uh, like you say, the forest planet looks like Endor. So yeah, it's kind of they didn't really expand your mind with lots of sexy, interesting new worlds. Um, but maybe, like you say, it could just be because of the fact that you know they're, they're telling a story and they don't need to do, sort of hide behind new worlds. But um, yeah, I I, I kind of get that, and I did spend a lot of time thinking, is this Tatooine on the first one? Until they specifically said, you know, until they specifically said, no, we've arrived at Tatooine now. And I, all oh, right, okay, so where was that then? Why did it look so similar? Um, yeah, but yeah, all, I was actually confused. I actually thought that he found Baby Yoda on Navarro for a little while. What the planet with Carl Weathers? Um, where the planet with um the planet with the armorer and um the bounty the bounty guild was that Carl Weathers who was yeah Carl yeah Weathers? um Carl Weathers is um uh Cragger or whatever his name is the the, the bounty hunter bloke he was um Apollo right, Creed yeah, and yeah. Rocky yeah um so yeah it's yeah so that's the thing it's kind of oh yeah I flew two minutes up the road and I found Baby Yoda so yeah. that would be that's yeah because yeah because one thing where yeah, because the one thing I didn't get is they get the pucks to follow people, don't they? And it's like, how the hell does this puck, A, how does it know Baby Yoda's genetic signature or whatever? B, how the hell can it track him through different systems? Um, you know, it's just a, a bit kind of far-fetched, that technology, but you kind of suspend your disbelief because you're like, oh, all right then. Yeah. yeah. And also there's like, you know, the, um, sorry, I'm just going to go off. And You know the bit where uh, right at the beginning he gets that guy and chucks him on his ship and he gives him the benefit of the doubt to just sit next to him but the guy sneaks off and tries to get a gun or something and he ends up just throwing him in the um the carbonite thing to freeze him and then you look and he's got a whole sh- shelf full of carbonite bodies and it's just like that was just a one-off in empire now they've turned that into a thing yeah you didn't of... think that is it really kind of like so how many years since empire is this now so it was like three years between empire and jedi wasn't it and then maybe we're another five years on or something so maybe it's become kind of popularized around the galaxy in that time it's feasible but uh, yeah. i don't know yeah it was well, it was a cool not but it doesn't hold up to too much inspection yeah when you saw the size of the carbonite producing plant in best bin and then you've kind of condensed that to a ship that looks like it shouldn't be flying um yeah, yeah. and that ship looked like one of the gun sh- republic gunships from the clone wars i don't know if it is or not that but you know that seems to be the right age of it and stuff and that could explain why that sort of bloke right at the beginning is like no 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 take me in with something else because this is embarrassing um do you get what i mean um that was, the, was that initial bit was almost the my favourite part of the, <laughs> that initial mission or whatever with the carbonite and with him taking him in and stuff. That was almost my favourite part of the series. Oh dear. <laughs> oh God. Um, it was certainly one of the highlights. Well, what I liked about that was the fact that when quite a few of these encounters throughout the show is the fact that the Mandalorian, you know, like when, when you sort of, well, before Boba Fett got sort of desensitized, people got desensitized to Boba Fett, he was meant to be this legendary bounty hunter that could do no wrong or whatever. With this guy, it's kind of like, he's all right, but he sort of muddles along. Like that thing, you know, attacked his ship and you could, it was really, you know, a hard thing to get rid of it. And then when he's fighting the thing for the uh, Jawas, that he got the hell beaten out of him. And if it wasn't for Baby Yoda, he wouldn't have survived. If it wasn't for the rest of the Mandalorians, he wouldn't have got out of um, uh, Navarro alive. Um, so he's basically, he's still finding his feet. And I think, you know, the fact that he only got his nice shiny armor at the beginning of the season just shows to show goes to show how green he is. Well, yeah. And then, well, this actually moves on to one of my biggest issues with the series um which is the fact that he's obviously he's held in quite high esteem like everyone knows him as the mandalorian particularly his the bounty hunters but he's not actually done that much and also every fight scene he's in he gets shot in the back or the front or whatever about 20 times in every fight you'll count him so all he all he really does is put on a posh bit of armor and suddenly he's the best warrior in the galaxy i mean all right stick stick a suit of armor on me and call me the best warrior in the galaxy i, I could do that yeah um, really good laser also, gun it, yeah <laughs> that's the thing you don't even have to be good at aiming it's um <laughs> 
Yeah, it's kind of you know you just got sh- yeah it, you just soaks up bullets. He's like to, to tank or whatever in a, an online game. Um, yeah. Just just send him in. He gets shot at, and because he's got the uh, I can't remember what it's called, but that's that special mineral that they worship armor. That's what sucks sucks up the laser bolts so that they don't die. Um, but you know I appreciate that stuff's rare. But you'd think the Empire could make a few stormtroopers' armors out of it, or something close enough so they don't just end up being cannon fodder all the time um the funny thing is he only got all that armor because he basically chanced upon an amazing job didn't he in the empire gave him like 20 20 bars of it or whatever which is apparently a lot and for finding maybe yoda they took it to the armorer oh who just happens to be on that same planet you know convenient Uh, and yeah then she's like oh yeah sure this loads yeah we'll we'll build you one i mean i would have thought she'd be like well hold on you've not you're you're so green. You've you've not even got your your sigil or whatever it was. She kept going on about. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I'd have thought maybe this place is so big on honor and stuff. The Mandalorians, they'd have been like, well, we're not going to make you this because you're 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 only level two bounty hunter or whatever. I'm sure I would have thought they'd have come up with something like that. You're yeah, your XP isn't enough. Your XP isn't enough yet. You've not kind of upgraded yeah. enough. Yeah. But no, it's like, oh, okay, cool. You got hold of a load of this stuff. I'm not going to ask any questions. What you got it by kidnapping a kid and <laughs> having him over to the end. Yeah, go for it. Very honourable. Have your um, have your armour. <laughs> um. But yeah, and then funnily enough, of course, the he, doubly honourable, he goes back and uh, takes the kid back anyway. So <laughs> takes oh, yeah. the money and the kid. <laughs> yeah, so he basically does because there's a bit where the other stormtroopers decide to attack him because no, no, the other Mandalorians decide to attack him, isn't there? Because they're like, you know, uh, they didn't like him for some. Is it because he wasn't a real Mandalorian or that stuff? That was a bit that I found a bit weird as well. You know, Mandalorian's not a race; it's a creed. Is it? Is it really? Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is now, and also like going back to the old EU, um, EU, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it basically Boba Fett was meant to be the last Mandalorian, and so they just snuck in more, snuck in more. Now there's hundreds of them right flying around, so it kind of cheapens it all a bit. It's kind of if there's so many of him, why is he such a badass? Um, no, I mean, you say this, but didn't the whole this whole unit get wiped out or something in the final episode, didn't they? Because oh, by the because by the way, literally like I say, he just he just pops down the sewers from that building they were hiding in and she's around the next corner yeah <laughs> yeah everything's like just road from everything it's like season of eight, eight of game of thrones yeah <laughs> oh yeah they're just rushing through everything but i don't know it's it's one of those um you know i kind of i could sort of see all oh, right well he's taking jobs from a bounty hunter guild on a planet where they happen to be around but yeah because if they're meant to be these honorable warriors why are they all hiding in a sewer it's kind of like you know if they're such badass killers why are they not all being bounty hunters and getting money to then rebuild their population but then i suppose they were all hiding from the empire because the empire killed them all in the purge i don't know it's um yeah it was one of those yeah but i kind of it was still the best piece of live action ever man i mean look i'm picking it apart i'm not gonna say i didn't enjoy it it was you know I, i i watched it i was quite happy to sit through it and you know having said that it was reasonably low time investment as well you know eight episodes 30 to 40 minutes each one that's partly why i said like, you know what i'm gonna give it a go if it had been 24 times an hour i'd probably be like you know i've not got time for this yeah. um but yeah it was just enough to kind of say okay well that's four hours that's what two films i'd, I'd, I'd happily watch two crap two you know <laughs> rubbish film video um, well, yeah. i'm willing to take the risk um so yeah i mean i there were parts of it i enjoyed for sure um it was I mean, should we move on to maybe like best episodes or favorite favorite episodes or least favorite episodes? Yeah, I mean, just one thing, one more thing on the general impressions, just quickly. Did you watch any of the making of or read any of the making of for this thing? I ain't got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, so just the one bit that I found amazing was the fact that it wasn't actually shot outside; it was all shot in a, in the studio. So all those planets and things, where they used the Unreal Engine, and they basically. Right displayed it on an LCD screen behind him um, and as the camera moved it would pan and do parallax effects so it all looked in the right you know where you were and it's just bloody, it, it, it's just amazing like you know when you when I was watching it I was kind of like you know 
you think you're thinking oh, how the hell did they do this it looks so realistic you know and you know they couldn't have sh- flown them to tunisia to do it but no they didn't they just literally shot it on a sound stage with this fancy it's called the i don't can't remember what it's called but it's got a fancy name and the reason they did it is because um john favreau you know the guy that directed iron man and various other yeah. things he's the what the sort of the driving force behind this him and dave filoni and at one point when it was all first being discussed he's like well we need to you know, if we're going to do the screen screen or green screen, the problem with that is you then don't get the shadows and lights the way you want it. And if he's walking around in shiny armor all the time, you need all them reflections. So with this super screen thing they've got, because it's emitting light, he's getting the reflections of the, the scenery around him. And it's basically an arc. It was basically like a, a two, 360 arc, basically, all or 270 arc all the way around him. Uh, and so you could just get the angles. You could see the reflection of the mountain over there that doesn't exist, but it's being projected. I just thought it was quite amazing, really. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just. I yeah, had no it, idea. It, I had no idea it wasn't filmed on location. I assumed it was on location. So yeah, it's cool. and it's done so well, and it just it opens up so many possibilities for other shows. Like um, you know, it, it, if they could do that for this, what else could they do with this technology? Um, yeah, and that was the it. Thing. You're often with big releases like this sometimes it's almost more the technological improvements are almost more important than the show itself you know it's kind of like some there's always a film or a production that has to jump first and kind of like innovate in that way um so yeah that's that's really cool actually i didn't know that i didn't know that that wasn't physical shooting as such um and yeah i see more of it well yeah and, and when you think star wars originally was the pioneer behind a lot of the visual effects in the industry today so this one is another pioneering thing that ilm come up with uh, to to achieve its cinematic results on a tv show budget so yeah. you know like you say like this even though you didn't think it was brilliant it's opened up the doors for all sorts of other interesting and novel shows that they really couldn't have done and especially in this covid world that we're in it's going to be much easier to shoot people in location in a sound stage than it's going to be flying them all over the world um so yeah so it's kind of right right technology right time um anyway let's move on to our, our favorite and worst episodes um, so, so here... uh, i'll go for my favorite yeah if you don't mind I'll, um, so my favourite one was the one we've mentioned. I think it was episode four, the village one, uh, where they're de- defending the uh, village from a load of raiders, and they've got an ATST. Um, this was quite interesting for me because you talked previously about world building, kind of expanding on the universe. I think previously, you know, episode six, Return of the Jedi, we've seen ATSTs get taken out by Ewoks and stuff. <laughs> um, we think, oh, they're they're just bunch of clowns in there they can get taken out no trouble um but you know this actually showed that actually the empire the empire was actually a force to be reckoned with like and feared and stuff uh partly because of their technological advantage and you know i think we've seen in in previous like expanding and i think this is still canon we've seen that um the empire developed the ATATs and the atsts as almost psychological things they developed them to just look really bad really scary and stuff and frightening and have psychological impacts and this is i think this is the first time we've actually seen that be the case because like in the original trilogy films um they just kind of got tripped up and stuff and they're almost just like you almost expected the benny hill thing to start playing <laughs> over those um and to some degree in um uh the last jedi as well you had the gorilla versions um but they obviously were didn't really get used <laughs> in any real sense um so this was the first time yet i think this was the first time you actually saw one of those um devices one of those one of that type of machine type of um, uh, mechanical engine whatever you want to call it actually in combat and actually being scary and take and being effectively the big boss that they had to spend most of that battle figuring out how to take out and sure it did ultimately go down it, as a bit of a pratfall um <laughs> that was user error uh, as much as anything um they shouldn't have walked forward into that swamp uh, having said that you know i think they are called all-terrain uh, uh scout transports so yeah. you do think they should be able to cope with a bit of water but um but yeah that's why i enjoyed that one i enjoyed the characterize i enjoyed a bit more character development in that one uh, in terms of finding i think that's one where we found out more about Mandalorian's uh, backstory and stuff. I enjoyed his um, interplay with the other bounty hunter. I can't remember her name. Um, I'll look it up in a sec. Uh, and yeah, yeah, there you go. And um, and also, uh, yeah, we had got lots of shots of the child being cute and stuff. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think it was 
yeah, it was good. That's a bit of um, bit of uh, personal conflict as to whether we should, he should stay or not. I think he was on the verge of staying, uh, making life with uh, that hot widow, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, it didn't didn't work out for him in the end. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, to be fair, that was that was going to be my favourite one as well, um, and pretty much for all the reasons that you you've said, like the fact that the ATST has gone from being like a novelty item to something to be feared. Um, like when when you first saw the light, you know, like when it was first revealed, or like you know, indicated early on, and you could hear the sort of the walking in the distance, and then you could hear the the lasers of the ATST attacking them. And you're like. That's an ATSD. It can't be an ATSD. It could, it could be an ATSD. And then when you actually see the guys, um, Cara Dune and the Mandalorian, discover it later, and they're like, they come back to the village. Like, no, 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 we can't do this. We're leaving. Um, sorry, take your money back. We're not bothering. And they're like, well, you know, you're meant to be badass bounty hunters. Um, why can't you, you know, badass warriors? Why can't you do this? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We can't even get you ready for this. Um, so, that, yeah, just like the fear on their faces. And like you said about, you know, like the you know, like stormtroopers were built up and then they turned into like characters of ridicule and all the other films. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, actually in this, they kind of, you know, make stormtroopers a bit more realistic and gritty as well. Um, like with the whole scene at the end of the bar and they're all stuck in there with like hundreds of stormtroopers, I suppose hundreds of stormtroopers, you're not really going to state that. Um, but, but anyway, uh, but yeah, the other good thing about this was it introduced Cara Dune. And I think, you know, if you're looking for a strong female character, this is the way to do it. Not some sort of posh English woman. <laughs> it, it's kind of like, you know, she's kind of tough. <laughs> yeah, no names, exactly. But, you know, she's tough. She can hold a gun. You know, she she basically holds her own against the Mandalorian. Um, and, yeah, it, I like their dynamic as well. I like the fact it's a sort of friendship and there's no no undertone of romance or anything with those two it's kind of like you know uh it's she's not the sort of their love interest she's literally a comrade you know she could have been a bloke uh and it would have been the same plot you know that's what you know i thought it worked quite well and like you mentioned the hot widow it was kind of interesting where she was uh Karadun was like ribbing him and sort of you know oh, you know oh, you gotta go with her then and stuff like that and yeah when you said baby yoda being cute just you know yeah just oh yeah. i think that that if it was if baby yoda made the show for me as well he was just awesome um it's like I mean, the I'd, first... I'd think so much of him obviously and as i'm sure you had as well he was all over the internet when it was being released in america um yeah. it was actually quite almost surprising how how he there were quite a few episodes where he was pretty much irrelevant uh, <laughs> he was like a MacGuffin. yeah yeah, yeah. But it was interesting, um, you know, like, it, I was frustrated by the fact that the reveal of Baby Yoda had been ruined. So basically you knew that, the, the you know, the old thing that he was searching was going to be a Baby Yoda. It's going to be ob- it's obvious because of that. Um, but, but when you saw him, because the internet and the memes and whatever, it's just like one picture of him holding a coffee cup or whatever. When you actually see him in real life, or real life or whatever, it's kind of like, he's got character, he's got personality, he's got like a... I don't know, like the bit, you know, like stuff like when they Cara Dune and Mandalorian are having a punch up on that planet, and then he's just standing there, you know, yeah. watching them. Or like when a Mandalorian injures himself in like well, first or second episode, he, he's him toddler over to go and heal him, and he just keeps putting him back in the basket again. And uh, like, it's just stuff like that. It's kind of like just it was just really cleverly done. Like that character could have been. What I'm worried about is as the seasons progress, I'm, he's going to get older, isn't he? Unless they're going to keep him a baby indefinitely because, you know, the 900 years old become an adult. Um, yeah, it's taken 50 years to get to that age. It's quite feasible that he's not going to age much more in three years or whatever, however long this show lasts. Yeah, yeah. Because um, so, that would be the worry if they did do that and then you'd you'd basically lose the character and all that jazz sort of thing. But, um, yeah. yeah. he's going to talk talk maybe um he's obviously still kind of learning i mean it's interesting isn't it because he's obviously you've got to wonder if he's actually had any jedi training or if, you know i suppose this is all stuff we might learn more about in future seasons but like what's he been doing for the first 50 years of his life has he only learned his powers on his own experimentation or whatever um i get the impression that it's kind of an innate thing it's kind of it's just his part of his being that he, he kind of knows how to use it um and like when they're trained they get better and better sort of thing you know that they can really master it but for him it's just part of his life force you can just but 
oh yeah, I'm just going to touch you and heal you. You know, uh, you know, like it's instinctual. That's what I that's what I got from it. But maybe yeah, like you yeah. say, there there might have been like a Jedi teacher out there, and somehow he got lost. Um, yeah, I think they meant some point that Mandalorian's going to try and take him back to his home planet or whatever and discover this planet of wizards because apparently this is also set in a time where everyone's forgotten the Jedi exist when 30 years ago they were literally running the universe that's not the Mandalorian's fault though is it that's uh um you know that was established in A New Hope um but yeah I but I suppose the yeah the, the reason for that though is the um the empire you know like the, the winner rewrites history isn't it so you know those of us that, so maybe it's like you know like the I mean this is going to get really deep now but World War Two Nazis happened after yep. the Nazis then you know they just pretend the Nazis didn't happen so if Palpatine's turned around and told everyone well actually the Jedi are really evil they did all this bad stuff and they were rebelling against us then maybe they'd want to wash it and you know brush it under the carpet and be like oh yeah I didn't I didn't work with a Jedi I don't, I don't know what you're talking about um, and then the generation that grew up after that you know they might have heard whispers of Jedi but because they're not in the public eye and because the you know the Empire or the powers that be have kind of erased their existence as it were that's why people think they're mythical I know it sounds a bit you know, ridiculous but you know, um, so from Palpatine's perspective, the Jedi were evil, and he's, that's what he's told everyone. So why yeah. not cover it all up? And uh, you know, it could be. Um... Palpatine's there. That was famously Anakin's perspective, well, was it? From my from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Uh, yeah, you won't <laughs> let me get married. You won't let me like ride my girlfriend. You won't let me have babies. Yeah, but yeah, so that's that's yeah, so that could be why. But yeah, it's just a bit ridiculous. Um, but also like this whole um. Oh yeah, there there are rumours of a race that are were evil to the Mandalorians, but you know you found a baby one, so you're gonna have to go give it back to its parents or something, and it's just okay. Yeah, um, I, think found that. I think that was the oh, it was the armorer who said that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. She mentioned that the Jedi had a battle with the Mandalorians, uh, when in reality it would have been the as um as Gus from Breaking Bad says, Grand Moff Grand Moff Gus says, you know. <laughs> in uh, the final episode he, he pulls that big gun out and says oh you remember this from the siege of mandalore so it was obviously the empire who actually took out the mandalorians in the end yeah yeah gideon yeah there you go gideon i'm gonna keep calling him gus grand moff gus worst episode was the the highest one i can't remember the prisoner i think it was called i think that's just a bit crap yeah that was going to be my word. Oh, so we're we're more in sync on this than maybe we first thought. That was going to be my uh, least favourite one as well. Um, uh, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, what I didn't. It was all basically gotcha moments. It was kind of like, oh well, why is um, why you know we it was it just seemed very basic. It just seemed very old school, kind of like. And maybe this is what they were going for. It was just like, oh. Oh, you think he's he's, he's going to show you killing each of them off screen, and then oh, surprise, surprise, he didn't kill them after all. Um, it was it was just kind of like Saturday morning kids stuff. And I think you know, I think we've said in the past when we talked about it separately, it kind of seems to be what this is going for. But okay, but let's just if, if that's the case, let's just accept that this show isn't for us and move move on. Um, it's kind of like they're trying to include these sort of things when I don't think they should. Yeah. Kiddie stuff. yeah and also it's kind of they were they were mean for the sake of being mean it's just like oh yeah let's just did, did, they didn't punch baby it was a stormtrooper but, but they were you know they were like oh let me have it as a pet and you know they were just being abusive they were teasing the mandalorian on his own ship and it's just yeah. like you know okay you need money or you need fuel or whatever but why are you going back to these people and why are they such cardboard caricature cutouts of you know villains you know it's it's just exactly yeah yeah i mean the only good thing about that was seeing what it was like on a new republic ship um with that guy with his shiny shoes or whatever um but yeah and then then they sort of needlessly killed him um just to wind mandalorian up uh these sort of guard droids were quite cool but they were sort of a bit ineffective really when one guy could take them all out um it was quite funny to see uh the big guy that's in lots of things play that big red um i can't remember that, what their race is called now oh, I don't know, yeah. the, the devil looking dude the um, hell 
<laughs> yeah, Hellboy, yeah. It was quite funny to see his race. But the Twi'leks looked really bad. Like, the, you know, it was kind of really cheap, their visual effects of their sort of uh, tentacle things. It's kind of, that was a bit naff. And uh, their British accents are a bit unnecessary. It's, it's all a bit sort of, um, oh, yeah, all right, all right, it's just a gangster episode. This is the Guy Ritchie episode. Um, and it's kind of like, yeah, it's not really worth it. It was just... Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it, I, they were trying to world build, but I don't think it really, um, yeah, it really it went anywhere. So, so low stakes and stuff, and they just threw in a whole load of extra characters that we didn't care about. They didn't do anything to make us care about them. Like, like yeah, you were quite right. They were just cardboard cutouts. It was just like betrayal for the sake of betrayal. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was just, oh, and then we did, oh, and, you know, and then, I mean, the only good thing about the others could... <laughs> Yeah, uh, the good thing about that though was seeing the new Republic pilots turn up at the end um, and blow them up. I think that sort of that really saved it. Saved it. But I think why did blow up seeing the um, what do you call it the the little signal from one of their own and they're like oh the signal that's that's our signal but it's on that thing. So let's blow that thing up. That was a bit weird. And how did Mandalorian know they'd do that? But hey, you know it was fun to see some X wings. Um, but yeah, yeah I, well, I, kind of, I had a feeling that. It's, it's almost like they were they were using that as a crutch. Oh, let's make a rubbish episode and then let's throw in some X wings and then everyone will love it. It's almost like they were trying to they were playing to the gallery too much. They, yeah. they, you can't you can't have a rubbish episode and then finish it on that and expect that to be okay. It was it was the weakest episode in the series, and I think we could have just done without it. Like we, it was not much character progression with it, was it? Um, it was yeah, and uh, you know the, the, the sort of that Twi'lek woman was like all flirty and all. Oh, we've got history together and all that stuff, and like. To be fair, I didn't care. I'd rather go see him chat, up, chat to Hot Widow than that. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, because it doesn't mean anything, because your character's so odious that even if he was with you in the past, it was simply because of necessity rather than anything else. Um, yeah, it was just a bad episode, and I think, yeah, I'm not going to watch it ever again. Um, yeah, in terms of characterisation, because I, I think we've, we agree that all the characters in that episode were particularly weak, so they're definitely my worst characters. Um, do you have yeah. any fa- favourite characters? Um, I think you mentioned Cara Dune earlier. She was quite a fun character. Uh, I think she bounced off um, Mandalorian quite well. Um, I did like I did like Grand Moff Gus. I thought he was interesting in some ways. Just but you know that actor he always does well. I can't remember his name right now. But um, yeah, I think on on balance I'd say Cara Dune. Um, I think saying Mandalorian would be the easy answer, um, but having said that, you know, he was quite, we didn't really see that, we didn't even see his face for most of it, I mean, he was very one-dimensional, and maybe that was part of his character, I mean, for most of the time, all he said was, no, I don't take off the mask, no, <laughs> he had about five lines that he recycled now and again. Um, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, so yeah, I think to be honest, Cara Dune kind of almost brought the most fun and humanity to the to the team. Um, I don't think there was really many other characters who've been there for more than one or two episodes. I think um, Apollo Creed was obviously um, he appeared once or twice, but he was a bit cookie cutter betrayal as well. Um, to be honest with you, there wasn't. A, I've mentioned this a few times. There wasn't a great deal of character or character development to say, oh, that was my favourite character. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. that's I, I was your. Thought. <laughs> I was the opposite. I thought that there was lots of character development on the whole. Um, okay. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant on the whole. I mean, not that heist episode, but, you know, you had Cara June, who was like a really well-rounded character that really, you know, that female empowerment and stuff. But I don't even think she was about female empowerment. It's just a strong character that happens to be a woman compared to those who shan't be named. Um, you know, I agree with the Mandalorian basically being, you know, he basically is a thing that everything happens around. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, his whole point is to be in situations where stories happen. Um, so when they were pitching this show, and when you sort of, you know, even the way it's presented, it's basically one of those westerns where a guy turns up into a town and solves a problem and leaves, and that yeah. guy himself isn't necessarily the main character. You know, the, the the story happens around that character. Um, when you say you only saw his face briefly, I actually think that cheapened it. I'd rather have not seen that face because I think all the way through you're like, oh, cool, 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 and then you see that, and like I remember him being such a you know, a badass in Game of Thrones, that actor. And when you see that little weak, oh no, I've got little blood coming down. It's kind of, like, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it, it kind of cheapened it for me. Um, I mean, I did like the way they did it though, in the sense that, um, 
you know, oh, I can't show my face to anyone alive. And then IG-11 or whatever is just like, but I'm not yeah. alive. And it's just like, oh, clever. It was cool, yeah. And IG-11 or whatever his name, he was a good character. Um, simply because he had his whole redemption arc in a sense, you know, Mandalorian killed him the first time round because he was about to kill baby Yoda. And then uh, the Ugnaught, whose name I don't remember, fixed him up. And, you know, Mando was a bit suspicious of IG-11. And then he spent the whole rest of the season, like the well, last two episodes, protecting Baby Yoda with his life, literally. Um, right. So hold on. this is kind of reminding me about something which I didn't quite get in terms of geography and stuff. So Agnor found IG-11 and fixed him up. Yeah. But then did Agnor and IG-11 then come with Mandalorian to Navarro? Did they get on his jip and come with him? Yeah, because basically Mando did a whole, let's go pick up everyone I've seen this season. Because uh, okay. I, I need I need allies for the uh, final battle uh, type thing. And that's where they get the little lizard things to ride as well. Um, what fact you say were. And that's when Ogmore dies holding Baby Yoda. Okay. Because I, yeah. I think for some reason I missed the fact that they'd actually changed planets. And I was thinking, hold on, was yeah. Yoda, the Bounty Guild and the Armourer all on the same planet? This is outrageous. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, not to no. do it. It's not to do it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that I liked Baby Yoda. I think, it, but you know, like oftentimes there's like a pop culture character that everyone wants a t-shirt of or wants a model of or wants a toy of. I actually buy into that with Baby Yoda. I really want a Baby Yoda model just because he's so cute and such a sort of you know it's, I, I just oh yeah it's just the cutest thing ever and i know yeah. it's just the weirdest thing to say but it's just so cool um and i think you, you said carl rovers didn't get much character development i think that's because originally he was meant to die um i think but they decided oh no he's so good we're going to keep him around so that's probably why he's sort of weirdly rewritten um you know they added a few bits but stuff like that always sits badly with me i mean you should have it planned out from the start and you shouldn't if you've got to rewrite rewrite halfway through, obviously things aren't going to hang together as well. Yeah, but it, I mean, he did have some good moments. Um, well, actually, before I said that, in the making of, they said originally they asked Carl Weathers to do it. Carl Weathers said yes, and they're like, oh my God. Um, so they were planning to put him in prosthetics, and they're like, hold on a minute, you can't hire Carl Weathers and put him in prosthetics. They decided against it. But anyway, fast forward, the bit I really liked with him was when they're on the barge coming out the lava tunnel uh, about to get attacked well and IG-11's killed the stormtroopers but the ship's attacking uh, and he's like to Baby Yoda he's like do the hand thing kid do the hand thing and he's yeah. like just waves at him or something it's like you know yeah. just just stuff like that it's kind of like that's you know all the others was like these experts and you know bad asses well as much as they want and he's just like sort of a just a comic relief in a way but still kind of has a presence about him so yeah that was quite good um I'm conscious that we're we're on running to time, and uh, we've got a few more categories to cover. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think how Star Wars was it? I think I think it was pretty Star Wars. I think what we often forget is that Star Wars itself was pretty basic at the time as well. The original trilogy. Um, it kind of yeah, built basic. Whole... <laughs> yeah, it, it built it created a great universe, but the actual story itself was not that. There was loads of there was loads of unanswered questions that we've kind of filled in over the years um so yeah i think it was it, it fits in well with that universe um it kind of tells the story of overlooked characters if you see what i mean like the remnants of the empire um and you know bounty hunters and stuff uh we didn't see hardly any rebels or well obviously not rebels now any of the new republic um so yeah i think in that sense it was pretty good it fits in well with um the old trilogy and the sequel trilogy, in fact, I'd say, which, uh -huh. you know, as some people might say, there's no possible way to fit in with both. But <laughs> yeah, it, it fits in its place in the, in canon, if canon still exists anymore. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying there was no, I think the cinematic Star Wars, yeah, there's very little story development and it's very quite basic. But to me, this, like I said, at the, at the open, it felt very much like the old expanded universe. Um, the creators knew what they're doing. They, they understand the law and how to appeal to the fans, the long-term fans, um, you know, real fans. Um, yeah, and like I, you said... Thinking about well, it, it actually reminds me of... Um, it actually had a very similar vibe to Solo, and I liked Solo. Um, yeah, it, it it kind of yeah because that again it was based with the proper empire doing proper imperial things and it's sort of you know it's ticking all the boxes. I think Rogue One went a bit too sort of uh, 
messagey as it were um but yeah solo kind of yeah i yeah i get that um but yeah you uh, and i like the fact that in this you've got the grungy undisciplined remnant run by a strong man sort of thing it's kind of like you know it's the empire at its worst as it were you know on its way down it's the fallen empire kind of thing you know just a warlord type thing exactly you've got Libya or Iraq or whatever once once Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein went it was just his generals kind of built up their own little empires exactly and then you've got like the peppy new republic as displayed by that guy in his nice shiny uniform and shiny shoes and then you've got the the rogues on the fringes sort of thing um yeah but yeah, so I, I like it, and I, I think it does fit well in in canon. I, you know, I quite like the fact that they're filling in this gap between the, the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy because I think that's the bit that most of us real fans are interested in. You know, no one really cares about post sequel trilogy. Um, yeah, so and I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing where they go next. Um, what do I, what what do I want from season two? I want more Republic, New Republic, um, more Imperial Remnant, um, and some you know more. I suppose Mandalorians. I suppose. Um, I mean, us, we we do know some people who've been announced for season two already. Um, we know Boba Fett's coming back. Yep. Uh, in some way, we know um Ashakuk Ashok Toso or as Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Yeah. And we know, um, we know Kate Sackhoff's character's coming back. Yeah. So she when it, when it was announced, it's like um reprising a character from Clone Wars. Well, I thought, who? And then I googled it and said, like, oh, okay, so she's like a, a former leader of the Mandalorians that used yeah. to hold the dark saber. So that would be interesting to see how they fit her in. And what I think it was quite clever is when they created the CGI versions of these characters, they did make them look like the voice actors. Um, so it's kind of you know it, they kind of had in mind that when they do make the films or the series, they might use them eventually. Um, so that was quite clever. Um, yeah. And um, and there's been sort of mumblings, uh, not to do Mandalorian, but there might be a show coming up with Thrawn in, um, which would be quite cool. Um, yeah, I, mean, I suppose maybe in a way, I've said how this is quite a basic show and almost kind of, it's almost just like a proof of concept, this show, isn't it? It's like, can we do a, a Star Wars series, live action series? Um, let's not put too much time into developing an overarching uh, story because, you know, it might just, everyone will hate it and we'll just cancel it. Um, yeah. So it, as, as a proof of concepts to say, okay, yeah, you know what, we can make decent style shows. And yeah, I've been ribbing on it a lot, but it, it did what it set out to do. And I think maybe maybe that's why I've been ribbing on it. It shouldn't, I, I'm expecting too much when really what they were doing was just checking if they could do this. And it feels like with all those characters they've announced, it feels like maybe season two and onwards will be possibly be more like what I'm looking for. That's where the story really happens, sort of thing, because yeah. they've proven it can work, and it's kind of they'll probably lead to spin-off shows or whatever, you know, the Ahsoka Tano show and the General Admiral Thrawn show or whatever. But yeah, so yeah. like, yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, just rather than hating it for what you wanted it to be, which is what I do all the time, yeah. uh, appreciate for what it was. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we really have changed our <laughs> our tunes, haven't we? <laughs> God. Yeah cool um but yeah i think that's that's a wrap because we don't want to keep people waiting for over an hour um any more words before we close um no i mean i think obviously roll on october i will check it out um yeah i'm sure i will watch it every two weeks given that's how often disney thinks we should be allowed to watch it um yeah uh, yeah see see how it goes cool (laughs) sounds good um but yeah i I mean i'm done i've said everything i loved it (laughs) it was good thanks for uh thanks for joining me then man and uh yeah we'll catch everyone next time on the next episode of geek bites i have spoken (laughs) (laughs) in season two yeah two for one all right (laughs) (laughs) Ciao. ciao